You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Jory Rose and John, Dr. John Schinnerer. Welcome. Thanks Thank so much for having us, Jamie. Well, happy Valentine's Day, first of all, to you guys and everybody who's watching. I have specially, specifically picked a beautiful couple. These two are a couple. So we are going to first get into stuff about their relationship, their beautiful story, and it's going to be very inspirational for you guys. And then they both happen to be coaches of some sort. So I'm going to read to you guys about them right now and there goes so you'll learn about the relationship and then we'll go into the work that they do so hold on we're going to bring up the bios right here so jory rose which who is an ma lmft is a licensed marriage and family therapist mindfulness and meditation teacher coach author speaker and she also leads mindfulness retreats around the world jory has helped thousands of people to live happier and more fulfilling lives through living with greater awareness and compassion, allowing them to decrease their stress, anxiety, and shed unhealthy habits, patterns, and mindsets. Jory is the host of the podcast, Journey Forward with Jory Rose, and has authored the newly newly released A Year of Gratitude, Daily Moments of Reflection, Grace, and Thanks, as well as two mindfulness books, Squirmy Learns to Be Mindful, We'll talk about that. And mindfulness, it's <laughs> elementary. Jory has been featured on Business Insider, KTLA News, and many more. And here is Dr. John Schinnerer. He coaches men to greater success and happiness at work and home. Dr. John graduated from UC Berkeley with a PhD in psychology. He has an expert. He was an expert consultant for Pixar's Inside Out. Very cool. Dr. John recently received the award for Best Executive Coach in Danville for 2020. His areas of expertise include high-performance stress management, man-box culture, positive psychology, anger management, and creating happy, thriving relationships. Dr. John hosts the Evolved Caveman podcast to coach men to find success and happiness. Over 12,000 people have taken his online anger management course. Okay, I have... I have a bunch of clients with some English. Somebody else on them there. Um, and then he's at evolvedcaveman.com. We are definitely going to go over where you guys are located um, towards the end and go over how the people can find you guys, etc. So let's start off with if you could, because we th- there is a lot to fit into these thirty minutes or less than thirty minutes now. I want to hear, and the audience wants to hear, your story. How did you guys find each other? What brought you guys to each other? And what makes your relationship so beyond special and forever, I'd say, a soulmate relationship? Can I jump in love with that one? Please. (laughs) So John and I are both divorced and both had a variety of interesting experiences dating post-divorce. In fact, we just release some joint podcast episodes in which we share some of those, um, not just our own personal stories, but dating tips for post of that I manifested John and which, which I really did, but we actually met on Tinder 
Well, and you can manifest. No, so I, I, I did. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we, we met on Tinder and it was for me uh, really about gaining the clarity around what was it I was seeking to have in a partner and really understanding the values of what I was looking for in a partner and my non-negotiables. And I wrote it all down and 10 days later, there he was. And I had been off the dating apps and I re-downloaded Tinder and his profile was the one staring at me. And part of what was really attractive to me was obviously he's got beautiful blue eyes and I was just thought, oh, he has just the kindest, beautiful blue eyes. And, but also just his credentials because it matched similarly to what I did. You know, having that PhD in psychology, but being able to on our site, that's awesome for a man to have, <laughs> to have that is not only his profession, but his value set. And we met actually the very next day. And I went to bed that, that night, uh, we first met on Tinder and I was reading an article in psychology magazine about relationships and relationship therapy, one of which I've been trained in and the other I had no knowledge of. And I showed up at the restaurant the next day and John was actually reading the book from the article I read the night before on the couple's work that I didn't have familiarity in. And it was just like, I, you, you just can't make that up, right? Um, I mean, it was that first moment of there was just so much alignment. So that, that's the beginning of our story. Well, I love that you said alignment because that is what this soulmate love, this forever love is all about that destiny, that person you're supposed to be with. It's having that energetic oh, yes. chemistry, but I think, I think it's so much deeper and it's that true alignment where you feel at home and, and at peace in your heart, I feel like. So, yeah. um, okay. So now John, let's hear your side of the story. <laughs> so you're at a bar. My side of the story was I was having trouble, um, finding a person that I really wanted to get and be in relationship with. And I think that one of the things I was having trouble with, you know, you talk about alignment and I had a hard time finding people that not only did their values align, but also their interests aligned with me. And, and to me, you know, I'll tell clients that I, I believe the physical attraction is really the easy part of dating because I, I think there's tens of thousands of people that we can be, physically attracted to and then i think there's thousands of people that we can actually fall in love with but to find someone that is a match for you in terms of your values matches for you in terms of, and you know i didn't realize that until i met jory where you know we could talk about issues in psychology we could talk about we could consult with each other with about clients um and it just was the best fit I've ever encountered. Now, I think, you know, one of the things that Jory and I say is love is not enough. And so I think that we've really worked the tools that we teach. And I think that's incredibly important because we're not taught how to be in relationship. We, I mean, we kind of get these Disney fairy tale princess endings of happily ever after. And that's where their, their stories end. And like, oh, they fall in love and then they live happily ever after. And it's like, wait a second, wait a second. Okay, it's easy to fall in love. But how do you sustain that over the long haul? Yeah. I, I, I mentioned a few moments ago that we did an episode for both of our podcasts a couple of weeks ago on that divorce and just really on how love isn't enough. And we actually really vulnerably share where we get stuck because this is really hard for us. We're like, okay, we're, we're actually in the mental health profession. We teach this, we guide couples in this. We even do couples work together. And yet, 
damn, we still get stuck. Like we should, like, we should know better. Like we hate mm-hmm. the fact that we get really human in relationships yes. and yet it's our growth mindset and it's our desire to really stay connected and hold the value of the relationship at the highest point to say, yes, we're stuck. And even if it took us a long time to get out of it, let's be really curious. Like what was going on there for us? What was coming up? What was the triggers? Was it trigger from something in the present? Was it from our past relationship? Was it from childhood? Let's get curious and then let's get really compassionate so we can try to not get those patterns repeated. And so people tell us all the time, like, oh, you guys are so cute. You have the best relationship. I want to be just like you. I'm jealous. It's like, yes, thank you. And we have deep love and commitment for each other, but we also put a lot of work into understanding each other as humans and understanding when we get into dynamics that are difficult, what can we learn about each other? And how do we stay connected when our dynamics are difficult in the moment? And that's why I think we have such an amazing relationship, not because it's easy all the time. Like life is easy when it's easy, but you want to have a partner that when it's hard, you know, you're going to be able to get through it. Well, I love what you're saying. And what's coming to me is that two people, you can't just want to have a good relationship or want to make it stronger and learn and make it better. You need to have the willingness. And both of you guys have the willingness to work through it. A lot of couples don't. And I also love that you're saying that because I always kind every, every, both of you guys are taking these experiences that you're having with Mm -hmm. your feelings and your unresolved issues and you're really getting in there so that you can learn and grow together not just grow individually but you guys are growing and thriving together when i totally second what you're saying jamie i I think that i I remember i got a store i uh pardon me i was doing an interview in san francisco several years ago and there was a young lady there that was watching she was an intern she just graduated from harvard and so she approached me after and said you know, I broke up with my boyfriend about four months ago. I'm looking at getting back into dating. Do you have any advice on what to look for if you're going out there to date? And I was like, huh, that's a really good question. And then I thought, yeah, I, I do have something that I think the one thing, the most important thing to look for when you go out there to look for someone is to find someone with a growth mindset, but learn relationships skills. Because I really think if you have that growth mindset, and this is Carol Dweck stuff and fixed versus growth mindset, but if you have a partner, if both you and your partner have that growth mindset, I really think there's very little that you can't overcome. Now, it might take work, might take persistence and effort, but it's one of the key skills, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And we especially see so many people in partnership who are afraid of doing that work right? Or who aren't having the willingness to be open to learning the skills because part of it is self-reflection. What am I doing to contribute to this dynamic? So we have to have a certain ability to self-reflect and be open to looking at our own, you know, contributions. But many people, you know, and especially men get into a mindset of this is me, love me for me. This is just who I am. Love and acceptance. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I was going to ask the two of you. You guys both work with couples. What percentage in the couples that you see are are where couples where the women have a growth mindset about relationship and the men are fixed and they're just like, nope, I'm good. I don't want to do that. I'm all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, leave me. Mo, I would say most. Um, and so it, it's we're talking about challenging. You know, it's as a therapist, coach, it's challenging to crack 
the man open. However, once you do, and the man starts to see how being vulnerable and empathetic, tapping into that can help the relationship so much that it just, it's a game changer. But a lot of men, I mean, as you, I mean, you're a men's coach, a lot of Mm -hmm. men, like I had a client a few months ago who the man, he didn't, he didn't know what empathy was and bless his soul. I mean, luckily he learned it, but it probably was because he was, grew up in a household where nobody talked about their feelings and he never needed to be empathetic. Well, Well, and and I grew up in that household, that same household, right? That, you know, good German family, like we didn't talk about emotions, you know, you just suck it up and get over it. And, and so I've had to learn. And and one of the reasons I wrote the first book way back in, I don't know, 2004, 2005 was I realized I was still an emotional idiot after getting a PhD in psychology at Cal. And I was like, if I'm still emotionally unaware, how can how can the rest of us, the rest of us men, how, we don't even have a chance. And so to just break it down to very basic levels, basic skills, and to get men curious about why is this a good way to go and how is it a good way to go? Despite how it not being how steps. you were socialized, raised, or role modeled. Yeah. One of the things I talk about is that whole man box culture of how men are socialized at a young age and the rules that we pick up um, about what it means to be a man, like be tough, don't be feminine, don't be homosexual, be stoic, don't feel, all that stuff is stuff we pick up. And it, it really hamstrings us once we grow up to be adults and we get into a significant romantic relationship. Because the, I mean, I would say that most of the women out there that I see are saying, I can't connect with my husband. Well, it I, makes total sense to me. And it's not our fault because we didn't ask to be socialized that way. I think it's it's our responsibility, however, to learn skills to evolve beyond it. Yeah. I mean, as an adult or whenever you start to learn this, it's it's a choice. Do you want to live the rest of your life the way that you you have? It's like, how's that working for you? Or do you want to make a change to really live the best, your best life possible and have the best relationship possible? Well, one of the things, I, I think it comes down to that values prioritization, right? That men are socialized to be the provider. And so we work and we try and provide them. It gets to the point that we're giving too much time and energy to work and neglecting those at home. And so, you know, to me, as I've gotten older, I've realized the importance of relationships and those really need to be at the top of that values hierarchy. And I I think a lot of men could use that reminder. A lot. Absolutely. I I was going to add something, you know, I mean, because we could stay on this one topic forever. I mean, this is, you know, exciting for John and I to talk about these things. But I want to bring in one other thing that we also talk a lot about with our couples that we do work with, and even with each other, is also being realistic about understanding stages of relationship. And, you know, again, back to that Disney fairy tale idea that we get this perception that romantic relationships are always going to be that heightened state of love and excitement and that dopamine dump and the, you know, raging hormones and just one, you know, it's not supposed to always be. And so when people, I know John's favorite words and now become one of mine with my clients is the word limerence, right? It's that feeling you get early on. John, what's the actual definition of limerence? It's just, it's lust. It's the dopamine dump. It's the obsessiveness. It's the jealousy. It's the, I can't stop thinking about you. It's the rose colored lenses also, right? Right. And so people get into that in relationship and limerence does not last forever, but they think that it should. So when that natural 
ebb and flow of those emotions and those feelings and the excitement start to like fade a little bit. They think, oh, something must not be good in the relationship. What if he's not the right partner for me? What if I don't really love them? Or, you know, like, because it's, it's different than how it was in the beginning. And so if we can understand that it's not supposed to be the way it was in the beginning, and that's where like the real relationship works, like that's where it starts to kick in, right? Everything up until then, it's easy. And you're it all forever. And so that is when you get to get really curious. And to me, that's where the real depth of the relationship really can grow is from that point. And for John and I, we were super lucky. Like our limerence, I think lasted two years. Like there was, it was a long, a long time, long yeah. time. Part of that is we don't get a ton of time together. We're divorced. We have our kids, our kids are the priority. So, you know, I, I think mm -hmm. it's probably stretched on a little bit just because we didn't get all every single day together. And it was an opportunity to say, well, what can we do consciously to create more of that energy in our relationship? How do we make it really intentional and conscious? How do we not get complacent? How do we keep the romance alive? How do we keep, you know, date night and, you know, whatever both our, of our needs are to keep it really strong? Because I think that's the point where people start to get unhappy, right? That's where it takes conscious work. Okay. So a few things that are coming to me, cause somebody who's watching might feel kind of might feel sad, you know, this honeymoon. Okay. So that's really true that it really does. end. that's kind of sad. However, I believe there's a world that we can live in. And it sounds like you guys are living in this world where it's actually a beautiful thing. And it's a positive thing when you get to that point, because it deepens the relationship, deepens that bond the vulnerability steps in even more, you feel more connected and you do have this option to go on date nights forever and to have fun forever. Cause when you have fun and you have new experiences, new experiences do not exactly what sex does, but new experiences, they bring up the, you know, the neurotransmitters are going, the, the, the even if it's going on a walk and walking in a different way. So mm -hmm. there are ways to keep it alive. And Absolutely. I'm, looking, I'm looking at the time we have, we definitely have time left, but there's a very important question that I've been curious about this whole time. Um, well, a few questions. So, and actually this has worked out so perfectly because we're talking about your relationship, but you're also talking about your work. So we're just intertwining the whole thing. So one of my questions is, and this should be like a straight fire, like a uh, don't even have to think about it because you guys probably both, you did manifest each other. What were your three non-negotiables or ish three to whatever non-negotiables that you had before you manifested each other? Uh, I'll go first on that one. So three for me were integrity, honesty. Uh, I wanted someone that could say what I mean and mean what I mean. And another one was good communication skills. Okay, perfect. Growth mindset would be in there as well, but. That's well, yeah, three to five ish. Okay. I, I had a lot of non-negotiables and John checked all of them. Um, I definitely needed someone with emotional awareness and desire to grow. Like that was something I was not willing to compromise around. Communication was important. And I also know that it's not just good communication, but you've got to be open to learning new communication with a new partner because everyone's going to be communicating differently. Um, I really wanted someone who understood what mindfulness was, and I knew that it was going to be a stretch on some level, but I found him. 
Um, you know, someone who is going to have a desire to have both self-reflection and insight and growth and spiritual connections, not necessarily a religious connection, but just that effect of how can I relate in a different way to be more present, more aware, more compassionate. So I would say that, yeah, those, those are a handful of mine. I also, and also one of the things that I did put in there was laughter. Like I wanted to have more fun in relationships mm -hmm. and we bring a lot of laughter into our relationship. Like even laughter at times, you wouldn't think it's okay to laugh, like laughing during sex. Like that's great. And people think, you know, sometimes you have to be formal or focused. Like, no, like you should be laughing a lot. And in fact, when we first started dating, our kids used to get pissed because we would be like just texting each other and we would both be busting up laughing. They're like, what is so funny? And then we would tell them, they're like, I don't get it. We're like, yeah, exactly. Aww. You don't get it. But we are just like, this is hysterical. <laughs> Yes. Well, love, love brings out that joyful awe and wonder that children have. And that's why it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds, I mean, you had a lot of non-negotiables, so you found your prince. You definitely did. Okay. I um, did. Last thing that I want to ask you guys, because then you need to plug yourself. Um, and I, I love asking this question. I'm, I'm making a documentary. I've been interviewing couples. So I love asking this question, whether it's a couple who's married or they're not married yet. But so we'll just do relationship, not marriage for this. Um, why do you choose to be in this relationship? Don't think about it. Go. Who's going first? You? Doesn't matter. I can. I, I mean, the reason I, I there's a number of reasons. Um, and no one could possibly fulfill my needs like Jory has and does. Perfect answer. Beautiful, concise, great. I, I would say the same thing. I would say, um, I, I wrote it in his Valentine's Day card. Hey, all things I've experienced, things that I only thought existed in my mind, I get to experience in reality of our relationship. And in fact, I texted her the other day and I said, you know, sometimes I just sit there and look at you when you're not looking and think what a wonderful, brilliant, honest person you are. Yeah. And how do you feel when he says that? Seen. I love this. This is yeah. just a big love fest. Yeah. Oh my God, but, but, so you much. know, but I, but I think that that part of the, the strength of our relationship is, I think for each of us, to feel accepted and seen is one of the highest values. I mean, I know we've told this story many times, but for you, Jamie, it's a new one that early on in, in dating, it was before the I Love Yous came out. Um, John was over at my house one day and he was just in an off mood and he was leaving and he said, you know, I really, I'm sorry. I wasn't, you know, kind of in a down mood at your fault. Was wrong. So I said, like, that's okay. My, my job is to accept all of you. And like his mouth just like dropped open and you know, I don't think true, he'd ever been fully accepted in relationship before. And I think so many people, John, what's the phrase you, you talk about, about changing each other, men versus women in relationship that women go into relationship wanting to change their partners oh. and men go into relationship, not wanting their One partners to change. The same. Yeah. Right. And I think John and I have this beautiful ability to truly accept each other as we are. And I think for both of us feeling seen and validated and accepted is like one of the biggest love languages there is. And it's from that safety that allows us to grow together, right? Because we're mm -hmm. growing because we feel seen, not because we're growing because someone's saying, I'll love you when you change. 
you have, I have a list of people are always like, how do you know that you found your person? You guys have every, this piece in your heart. It, I can't imagine being with anybody else. It's growing together, growing, not just growing and thriving, not just surviving. And it's this deep connection. That's this outer worldly connection. And I could go on. Okay. We feel very lucky. And I'm so, so, so happy for you guys. And I hope that you, if you get to celebrate tonight together or another, whenever you're celebrating Valentine's day, I hope that you have an amazing time. Um, Okay. So how, how can people find you plug away podcast, website, Instagram, anything. Okay, so the podcast is The Evolved Caveman. It's on all the major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever you use. Um, you can find me at theevolvedcaveman.com or at my coaching site, guidetoself.com. Um, and I'm currently working on a book right now on Manbox culture and how it affects us men in terms of our happiness and success in relationship. Wonderful. He's also on Instagram at, at theevolvedcaveman. Oh, yeah. Thank you. She finishes your sentences. Perfect. She does. Works really well. (laughs) And for me, Jamie, thanks for asking. The best way to find me is my website, which is joryrose.com. And from there, you can get access to working with me one-on-one, be able to sign up for my signature course, which my next cohort is starting uh, end of March, which is the Journey Forward Method, an eight-week life course in which I guide people through the foundations of mindfulness and to be able to integrate it into all aspects of their life to help get them unstuck. Um, my podcast is Journey Forward with Jory Rose and um, also Instagram is at Jory Rose. So pretty much consistent across all boards there. Wonderful. And it's been an honor to spend this Love Talk Live this week with this beautiful couple. Thank you guys so much. You guys are Thanks so inspirational. I'm sure that you're going to get a lot of calls and I know that people will be so inspired and thank you everyone for joining us on Love Talk Live and LA Talk Radio. Join us every week at 2 p.m. Pacific and happy Valentine's Day everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.